Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time it is, you inky savages are joining me for episode number 90 of the Penboy Roy Pendertainment Podcast. I'm so excited because we are only, what, how many away from 100 episodes, centennial? The centennial episode of the Penboy Roy Pendertainment Podcast. I think it's really cool. So this week, I got some cool information for you, and yes, it's sponsors, but no, it's not the standard gold spot and luxury brands. I mean, yes, they are sponsoring this, but I have an additional sponsor I want to talk to you about, and it is from my friend Yust over at Appleboom Pens. So he wants me to talk about something that's happening, a great event, a massive event, a fantastic event that's happening on October 17th in Utrecht in the Netherlands. What it is, is it's going to be a fountain pen show. There are going to be about 45 vendors from all of Europe, including Italy, Poland, Belgium, France, Switzerland, Germany, UK, and more, showing up to display their pens. Appleboom has tickets online, and they're on sale. Due to the COVID issue, they have to have all the contact details of the visitors. So far, they've already sold over 220 of the 280 tickets available. That means there are only 60 tickets available if you want to go to this massive, awesome European pen show that's in the Netherlands. You have to act now. All the, vis- uh, all the visitors will receive a goodie bag with really cool products. There will be a workshop about how to clean your fountain pens for beginners and people who are new to the fountain pen hobby. And that's always important because whenever I give people fountain pens, one of the things that do stay with me is, does he know how to clean it? What is he going to do when it runs out? Or what if he wants to change the colors of inks or the brands of inks? I feel like he should know how to clean the pen. But I actually don't want to give them all that information when I give them a brand new pen or if they're brand new to pens because I kind of feel like that might overwhelm them. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too sensitive, not giving him the benefit of the doubt, but that's how I feel. So I think a workshop for beginners is fantastic, and it's going to be in the Netherlands again October 16th. Every year they give the show a color theme. This year it's a brown. The people who started the show, their last names is... Okay, so it's spelled B-R-U-I-J-N-I-N-G. I'm assuming that's brown in their language in the Netherlands over there. Robert Oster has created a special ink for the show in the color brown. So people are getting involved in this show. This show is a big deal. In collaboration with Leonardo Officina Italiana and Jonathan Brooks, they are also creating a very cool Momento Zero Grande in blue slash brown. Okay, so not only is the ink makers getting involved in this massive show on October 17th in the Netherlands, so is Salvatore Maton from Leonardo and Jonathan Brooks from, well, Jonathan Brooks. Now, the organization of the show is done by major pen shops of Netherlands and Belgium. Ackerman, Amsterdam, Appleboomen, Luck. Corone di Comte and Sakura Gallery. So basically, this is kind of an awesome thing. A lot of vendors are getting together, and it's kind of like the all-star team, right? It's like the best players of the American League and the baseball MLB getting together. This is what the Netherlands are doing right now for the pen community because they love you guys so much. And... 
they want to spread the fountain pen virus. So make sure you guys check out Just's Fountain Pen Show on October 17th in Utrecht. I'm butchering the name. I apologize to anybody who is actually from the Netherlands. It's in the Netherlands. So if you live in Europe, go there. If you live in the U.S., Maybe it'll be a little tough, right? So just for one show, but you know, if you can make it happen, make it happen. I I certainly can't. I wish I could. This sounds so fantastic, but there's only again, there's only sixty tickets available. Now this week I visit Gold Spot in Aberdeen, New Jersey, to take a stroll down memory lane with my co-host, Mister Odd Oink, and the owner of Gold Spot Pens, Sal. He's a good guy, and he likes to talk. He's a very fun person. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. We jump into the Wayback Machine. It's something I never knew existed. You could look at old websites, even if they don't exist anymore. And we view what the Gold Spot website looked like in ancient history, a.k.a. 2002. We discuss how Sal and Karen, so Sal is the owner of Gold Spot. Karen is also the old spot, is the old spot, is the owner of Gold Spot. That's Sal's wife. We explain how we hear and discuss how they started Goldspot and how they got into pens. We also talk about what makes watches so much more appealing and justifiably expensive than pens. Now, the whole episode is like a Goldspot advertisement. And thank you guys for sponsoring us. But make sure you use coupon code ROY at checkout at goldspot.com. Some exclusions applying. Please make sure you do that. And of course, don't forget to incorporate hashtag FireTom. Now, coming in late October 2021, Luxury Brands of America introduces five new colors of the Bennu Briolet fountain pens. Awesome. Including four designs that glow in the dark. So being a new fish tank aficionado, I really am tempted to like throw that thing into the tank and let it sink to the bottom and see what it looks like with the blue light on. So I got a new 29-gallon tank, guys. And so creates his 10-gallon living quarters with his five Harlequin Rasboras and three Corridoras are going to have a much bigger home in about a week after I establish this 29-gallon. Anyway, if you like color and sparkly pens or fish tanks, it has nothing to do with fish tanks. I just like fish tanks. You need to have a Banu on your desk. It makes writing the most mundane notes super-duper exciting. And finally... Same read from last time. Did you know that the Penboy Roy YouTube Fountain Pen Review Channel t-shirts also doubles as a Halloween costume? You bet. You can dress up as me and go trick-or-treating for some monk fruit sweetened keto-friendly candy. Get your shirt at Tom's Ink Journal website with free shipping within the U.S. The link will be in the description of this episode of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment podcast. So when I went to visit good old Sal and the odd oink at Goldspot Pens, I was actually wearing the Penboy Roy t-shirt. And representing, I think everybody else who wasn't at Gold Spot was like, what the hell shirt is that? Anyway, let's get started with the podcast. Before I get started, this podcast is not scripted and therefore will contain potty mouth words, both from Tom and I. So be forewarned, you have been warned. Now on to the podcast. The Pet Boy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Stage 7. And Thank you for joining us on the Penboy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Now, this episode is a very special episode because it is right now the date. This episode is for Tuesday, right? Yeah, and it's also episode 90. Right? Is it 90? I think so. Holy shit. <laughs> episode 90. So we've done 90 episodes. So today's a special one because today I am at the Gold Spot offices. We just shot some video 
on some stuff I can't talk about because it's not Friday yet, right? Right. So we can't talk about any we of the shit we just did. It was just no. awesome stuff, though. And it's a special episode because I haven't hung out with my buddies in a long time. And not only do we have the odd oink, this is the first time we're actually recording you and I in the same room. Yes. Right? For so the podcast, yeah. Right, for the podcast. So we have the odd oink with us, but we also have with us our good friend, Sal. Tom, why don't you introduce to the world who Sal is? Because although they may know, well, they certainly know who the... The Grandmaster Penboy is, and they do know who the Odd Oink is. We, they may not know who Sal is. So Sal's the guy that if you contacted Goldspot Pens and you do as we've been instructing you to do the last, what, like year or so, and if you'd like to get me fired, <laughs> you'd be the person that you would talk to. Right. Yeah. Him Apparently. and his wife, Kieran. Yeah. Apparently nobody <laughs> told me about that until like... Three months in, and I'm like, why the heck is everybody so pissed at Tom? <laughs> and they're like, you don't know about this? It's like, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. So, wait a minute. You didn't tell them about, you didn't tell Sal, Tom, you didn't tell Sal about. Every, apparently everybody knew other than me. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so, explain to us how that was. Tell everybody. So, you show up to work one day, and you, you're uh, just going through orders. I, as I do, go through orders, and I sometimes help out on the other side, and going through some sheets, and... And I said, what did Tom do to piss off this many people last week? <laughs> Which apparently worked because that was the goal. And, right. and then Karen says, well, don't you know about this? This was, this was on the podcast. Right. And that's when I figured Start, out what it was. At first I was like, that's kind of, does Tom know? It's a little offensive to Tom. It, I said, no, like, Tom is the one. Who, a little, this seems a little strong here right. that, you know, it's just because like Tom is talking about pens that he would want to get fired, you know? <laughs> But it was, yeah. Yeah. I was, as usual, the last one to know. Right. That's funny. Yeah. So Sal is the co-owner of Goldspot Pens. The other owner is his wife, Karen. Am I saying that right, Karen? Karen. Uh, Karen. Yeah. So they're the guys who pay the bills. They're the ones who's sponsoring the podcast and who's going to continually sponsor the podcast into 2022. Indefinitely. Indefinitely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uncomfortable. Uh, I didn't even know I'm paying for this. <laughs> I was saying, this, this, this is news as well. <laughs> yeah, I came for the pie. So, yeah, so he's the owner. So, if you guys, what was the video that we did together? All three of us were in it. It was really fun. It was like, a beginner's guide that to... was yeah that was so the the two and a half pens parody right where we did like the beginners like oh well i want a fountain pen it's like well i got a fountain pen and sal was the delivery guy right so if, if you don't know what sal looks like sal is the guy who delivers the package of pens in go. our video yeah. right. we got to include the description of that i think it's yeah, called how to get started video, i think it's so. called how to get started with fountain pens and it like part of the title is two and a half pens parody yeah because we start out you do like the whole like pens 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 penly pen pen well this is this is the audio of my pens 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 pen penly pen pen oh Remember? you had that pulled yeah. up right right away. i have it pulled up but here we go pen 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 penly pen 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 so that's the one that i did and I'm gonna play Tom's. Oh wow, you have the you have mine on there <laughs> yeah. still. I'm gonna play yours because after hearing yours, we were like, we can't use this, man. All right, take three for good measure. <laughs> there were two other takes. Yes, there were. Pen, 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 penny, pen, 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 penny, pen, pen. Ooh. <laughs> 
Tom's Tom sounds like it was done in the shower. <laughs> well, I, there was it? running water in the background. There was running water in the background. And you I can actually imagine Tom in the shower. <laughs> pen, you should have seen pen. the video. Are you texting during the podcast? No, I'm looking at, I'm trying to look up what that title of that video is. Oh, so. Okay. so it's funny because we can actually see each other now since we're all sitting in the same room. And I'm pre- I don't know what Tom does when we're actually recording the podcast when we're not in the same room. I don't think we want this to This is exactly what I'm doing. Is this, I'm just trying to look up the, the name of the video so that I can You know what's different about this podcast versus the other ones, Sal? The other ones, like, since we're in person, we're not pantsless and shirtless. We're all wearing clothes. <laughs> Once again, nobody told me that either. <laughs> yeah, so I found it. it's called How to Get Started with Your First Fountain Pen, Two and a Half Pens Parody. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a great day. That was so that much That was fun. a fun day. We just made that shit up on the spot. Yeah, we just brainstormed it and yeah. went for it and then did it all in one day. So I think some of the best ideas we came up with together were just on the moment caffeine fueled caffeine fueled mm-hmm. that was back when i used to eat carbs that was back when also you did the energy drinks too what was it i used to drink like monster. two three monster drinks yeah. a day you don't do that anymore i don't do no. that anymore no i just have some i just have coffee you've reached your monster level you can't I mean, go any higher it was it's so bad for you now that i know what i know that was several years ago now i just had coffee so sal did you know that the odd oink is a coffee aficionado um, yeah, well, Tom is a coffee aficionado, so I figured yeah, that's so going to be in He there. brought me some coffee today, and he's like, oh, this stuff is really great. It tasted like watered-down yes. bowling basket coffee. Wow. The second bro. serving was like... No, no, see, because I had to get before I got here, so I had to go to Rook and get, you know, both coffees. And then, so they've been sitting out for at least, like, two hours by the time that, you know, so it's it's meant to be enjoyed fresh, but, like, how else was I supposed to get them? Get this sort I of thought you too. were going to make coffee for me. Well, how am I going to make? We have a Keurig, so I'm going to buy like bowling basket capsules and like you know make them in the Keurig. Sal, today I brought a 29 gallon fish tank for you to set up in your office. That's great. He, he, more he, stuff for us to take. He really want he, he really wants to offload this my, fish tank. I had uh, I think Tom knows about our fish story. We had like three fish. For oh yeah, the, what kind? Uh, the little um, goldfish. Mm-hmm. They lasted about seven eight years and everyone used to ogle over how long they're lasting of course and then one by one they started to mm. pop 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 so we have an empty fish tank that i how use big? um it's not that big maybe 12 gallon 15 gallon okay it's pretty big um so i use it as a fake terrarium i have uh, fake lizards that we buy and we put them in there because lizards never move anyway so people think they're real Really? So they just look that at it and like, still alive? That one hasn't moved hasn't in moved. the last hour. <laughs> no, 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 he's like that. He's supposed to be like that. For real. I'll yeah. send you a picture. Hey, listen, I'm pretty sure we could banter all day, but I'm pretty sure people listening, you know, want to know about you and how you started Goldspot Pens and how Goldspot Pens became a thing. Sure. I thought you we know. talked about this once. Did we talk about this? We talked about this, you and I. Well, maybe not on the podcast not or, or no. on, a video, on a YouTube video. Wouldn't it have been on the podcast and it wouldn't have been on maybe a YouTube video. Maybe on a YouTube video, video yeah, no. but maybe not. No. But. So my listeners, they may not know. So my listeners associate gold, associate gold spot pens with the odd oink. And sometimes they associate with me, unfortunately, which started the whole hashtag <laughs> fire Tom thing. You know what I mean? So for everybody listening, like I said, Sal is the co-owner with his wife 
of gold spot pens. So start from the beginning. Beginning, beginning, all the way in the beginning? All the, all the way to the beginning. So we kind of, I always tell people we, we are the only pen people that fell backwards into it because uh, Kieran was the pen lady. She mm -hmm. always loved pens. Mm -hmm. And I was the techie guy. Uh, for those of us, uh, those people that don't know, we started off as an internet company just building websites, selling stuff, not for us, for other people. Mm -hmm. They would bring us their stuff. We'd put up a website for them. Uh, prior to that, we were also an internet service provider. We were one of the first in the 1990s. We used to set up people with dial-up and ISDN and all that. That's, that's how far back we're going. This yeah. is not just like, oh, we, we do, were do setting... Do we have some background music we can play? Like, do 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 so, yeah, we started off as an internet company, started building websites soon after, mm -hmm. and then uh, and we started doing online credit card processing and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And to actually see it work, we needed a product, you know, to see how this stuff really works and how does the order flow through. So Karen used to keep buying pens, like a ton of pens that she would use two and just keep the other eight in the drawer. So I started fishing them out. And I started putting them up on the website and just started taking pictures. Mm -hmm. And guess what? People started buying them from the website. So we said, hey, when you have time, mm -hmm. why don't you just order more and we're going to keep... There was only one brand. We used to do Sensa. That's it. Sensa is a pen currently owned by Rob Rosenberg, who yes. used to work at Kenro Industries, who used to own Esterbrook and the Conklin brand before Conklin was purchased by Yaffa Brands and before yep. Esterbrook was but purchased But the by more interesting side of Sensei is it was invented by a guy named Boyd Willett. I didn't know that. Yes. And he's the guy who invented, he's an inventor. Mm -hmm. And he's like this, if you follow him on Instagram and YouTube, he's this cool dude, inventor personality that always has like four women on either side and he's on a nice. yacht somewhere nice he invented something called day runner which was the uh what is the other brand like filofax like a filofax or mm, a day like timer a so he invented day runner back in the 80s um then sold that company off and then he invented something called sense of pens with mm -hmm. this ergonomic gel grip mm -hmm. and he was this you know bigger than life personality and then eventually uh we were the only i think we were the second or third online seller mm -hmm. for sense of pens and he loved us, so we carried all his pens, mm -hmm. and then eventually he sold the company off to Sanford. Sanford. They, Sanford. Make, they make, like, cheap... Well, no, Sanford owns Sharpie, but they also own Waterman & Parker. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's how we got into Waterman & Parker, because they reached out to us and said, hey, we noticed you buy our Sensa pens, would you also buy Waterman & Parker pens? Mm-hmm. And thus, um, that's how you then that's how go down the rabbit hole. Right. So right. we, we that, because until then we were into nice ballpoint and rollerball pens. And now when we got into Parker Waterman, we got into fountain pens and mm -hmm. inks and all of that good stuff. And then came along Cross and a bunch of other smaller brands that were, you know, attached to it. Um, and then by then we were just like full on into it. And the website... A lot of people don't realize this. If you go back to a website called uh, the Wayback Machine, the Wayback Machine, I think it's archive.org. <laughs> He's handing me the keyboard. Yeah, yeah. you can you up. can see oh, our see first at. website from back in the '90s or uh, probably early 2000s at least, mm -hmm. and see what brands we carried back mm -hmm. then. Surprisingly, everything's archived. The on website's the internet. still up there. Wayback Machine. Yeah, go back. Well, go, it's let's like look a, up Wayback Machine because yeah, this will be something org. interesting. Okay. 
So we're looking so, at this website called. So Red this Action. is so, so this is a website that you could go and find previous versions. So you could go look up like eBay. What 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 did eBay look like oh, fifteen shit. years ago? Yeah. So you could look up what looks what Goldspot used to look like. Dot com used to look like. So even if it's not still, so does the website still have to be up? Nope. No. So that's your timeline. So go back as far as you can in the timeline. So like there's a there's a timeline scale and it even goes back as far as like 1998. But like I see there's there's a little blip they probably on 2001. Started arch- yeah, they probably started so archiving this a lot. Have here? So we could look at like a screenshot mm-hmm. of what it looked like back in 2001. So that's, so see there would be like Sensa, there's like the tip of the sense of pen and then you see like gold spots kind of written some wow but like it totally has the that's the old logo yeah that's yeah. the old that's you like a, it that's a shitty looking website <laughs> if i say so myself but this is like typical <laughs> of like a, a website that was in 2001 like you know this is how websites look like back yeah, then i built that I, in my basement man i wonder what the first porn site looked like <laughs> can we can we look that up through sure. way back machine no, I don't so want was, that well, stuff on gonna, my computer. We're sitting here at my yeah. desk, and you're gonna tell me to Google porn. Yeah, you're gonna ask. You're gonna. You're I was gonna, gonna keep. I was gonna say something, but I said let's keep this podcast. Clean. <laughs> I'm trying to text my wife. No prob. I wrote no porn. <laughs> Just because I'm typing something while I'm actually, you know. Yeah. So this is a cool. This is a fun website. I think that if you wanted to like dive into the history of like a, a website that's been around for a long time and see the previous iterations from it mm-hmm. you could uh it's like 2005 so i, I joined the company 2007 mm-hmm. so it's been it's been a while since uh even since then but like even looking at 2005 and you know so like you see like there's there's some cross pens there's waterman there's wow. fisher which we still have all of those on the website as well um yeah, but uh, but yeah, this it's it's cute how yeah we, we like, forget what we did and then sometimes I just use this site for reference and mm, just to remember. It's crazy how far back like how far back you go and how archaic everything looks compared to what it is now. Hey, yeah. but listen, back then that was the shit. This was the cream of the crop. Back this was then. the cream of the crop. Wow! Because everybody was selling pens in stores and we were the only ones, um, you know, selling online and had looking, it organized. Who owned Conklin at this? Uh, that, was that was Rob Rosenberg. Yeah. So okay. Harold Harold was still alive at that point too. Who Harold Rosenberg is his Rob's father. dad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Harold is the person who um, brought I think Waterman Parker into the U.S. He was associated with uh, with Gillette or some company at that mm. time. Then he he's got a lot of history in the industry. So what year was it that you started selling pens? It was, so you were got you guys were so, doing an internet company and then you switched over to pens. By around 1999, we were officially selling pens, and by 2000, we had like a full-on website running because we started on eBay a little bit, and then mm-hmm. within a couple of months, progressed to our own website. Oh, okay, and then and and then basically started carrying one brand after another and started making more associations in the industry then we found out there's pen shows and we started going to i think philadelphia was the first pen show we ever Mm -hmm. went to obviously for local reasons Mm -hmm. um the national stationery show used to be big on pens at that time in the early 2000s so you would Mm -hmm. go to the nss or the national stationery show in jacob javits they used to have a separate section for pens where Mm -hmm. You know, Parker Waterman would be there, Sensa would be there, Cross would be there, and all the other smaller boutique brands. I think Lamy used to be there at that one time. Um, so that was a that was the heydays of the pen world in the in the Jacob Javits shows. Hmm, that's very interesting. So you've been around for quite some time. 
Goldspot's yeah. been around longer than this, I would say. Than 21 the, years now, 21 is years. that right, Tom? Yeah, officially, yeah. yeah. 21 years, officially, probably a little more. Mm-hmm. But now, like, now things have really turned more towards the retail end of, of, of Goldspot versus the internet uh, server co-location and internet service, yeah. you know, so sort of thing. This other story to that is, like, Skyweb was doing... Uh, websites and internet access which became a pretty competitive business mm-hmm. so we kind of took that business and um, didn't really kill it but we mm-hmm. kind of put it on the back burner mm-hmm. uh, we still own a data center mm-hmm. uh, because there's some clients that we have that are you know they don't want to leave and we don't want them to leave because we know what we're doing and they like how we do it so we kind of just hand that handed it off to a tech team and they run it uh, we have is a data center. Uh, no, we have a data center in Edison with that we kind of run. Mm. You know, it's it it doesn't require any work. It's yeah. just two technicians whenever needed that go there. But it it really doesn't affect. Um, um, it doesn't. It's not a day to day business. I see. So the um, bulk of so the majority what is Gold Spot is mostly ninety nine percent. The main ads. reason we run that is is for our own. Um, I guess for our own use, because Goldspot relies a lot on technology, mm-hmm. being that we are an online company and we would, we've been doing stuff with software and, and on e-commerce for so long. We kind of keep our toes dipped in that just to know what's going on out there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how we know about new software and new things like Instagram and new things like, you know, YouTube and whatnot. Just, I mean, not to say that you need a data center to learn about all that stuff, but we need to know the back end of it and what works and what doesn't. And should we spend money on a software or can we do it ourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, that's important because software is expensive these days. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's that's really the you know to keep us fresh in uh, cool. e-commerce. We we so keep how, running that. How much how much of the two businesses? I mean, it's almost like you have two businesses. Um, right? Yes and no. Skyweb is like two percent. Okay. If that. So it's really uh, so it's yeah. really small. I hear yeah. you. Yeah. It's it's really just there as a as a moving piece of the puzzle um, that's essential, mm-hmm. but we don't want to let it go just because we've learned so much from it. Everything we know in e-commerce, we've been doing e-commerce for 24 years. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody else started doing websites when Shopify became popular. Right. So this is like the fifth rendition of our website. Yeah. Um, and I think it is what it is because of what we knew. We were doing stuff like this twenty years ago. Yeah. How much into how much independence were you when this whole started? Were you really not independent? It was all Kieran's gig and all her. Well, uh, so I grew up using fountain pens. Mm. So to me, it was natural, but it wasn't natural as in like I'm going to buy a three hundred dollar pen. It was like, yeah, I'll buy a fountain pen and I'll pay twenty bucks for it. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are like, oh, you tell you mentioned the word fountain pen to them, and they're like, well, what? Right. What's a fountain pen? Oh, the one with oh, back in the day, my grandfather used to use one of those. Right. I wasn't one of those guys even at 18 years, um, because I grew up using them. Kieran was into more ballpoints, and she went for the fanciness. You know, mm-hmm. it looks nice, it's plush, it's mm-hmm. easy to hold, all that good stuff. Um, so I knew fountain pens right away, mm-hmm. um, but we didn't really start selling them until you know Parker and Waterman came along. Mm-hmm. I know I had no idea that they actually used them, so. So what year was it that you found that fountain pens were actually lucrative? Um, or when, when at, so rather, there's two separate questions. When did you start selling fountain pens? Like what year did you actually start selling fountain pens as a mainstay of Goldspot? And what, and if it's a different date, when did it actually become a lucrative business? 
Um, probably around 2002, 2001, mm -hmm. 2002 is when we started realizing that, hey, ballpoint pens are nice and everybody uses them, but mm -hmm. uh, fountain pen people are, you know, even though few and far between, um, they're looking for pens. You know, the thing is with pen stores, um, let's get back into the history of the pen stores a little bit, right? They used to be fountain pen hospital, still is fountain pen hospital. Mm -hmm. There was a store called June in New York. Right. Um, there's Farney's. Mm -hmm. um, now I'm telling you all the competitors, man. <laughs> Probably not a good bit of business. All these competitors, the coupon code Roy does not work on their <laughs> websites, but coupon code Roy does work on the Gold Spot website where you can score Thank yourself you for that. extra savings on all products on the Gold Spot website. So With some exclusions apply. Yeah. <laughs> <So, yeah. laughs> You're like, speak that a little faster. <laughs> Wasting airtime, man. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there were these stores, you know, a few Top on the boss, East Coast, shit. <laughs> a few on the West Coast. And then there's all these people in the middle, other than Chicago and Wisconsin probably had a store. Mm -hmm. You know, where do you buy your fountain pens? Right. Of course, same problem applies to everything else, and that's why the internet did so well. Mm -hmm. um, but we came in, like, out of nowhere, and all of a sudden we've got, you know, 50, 60, 80 orders a day, where these guys are like, well, I pay a big amount of rent, and you mm -hmm. guys are taking all my business away, which wasn't totally true, because... The only people that buy from these stores is if they're, they're traveling, if they're traveling to New York City or D.C. or, you know, if they have a mail order catalog. Mm -hmm. The ones that didn't, we're not, not really, um, you know, they can't access pens that easily. Mm -hmm. uh, so for us to put up fountain pens, all of a sudden exposed fountain pens to this whole plethora of people that were not accessible to it. I was just actually going back in the uh, the Wayback Machine here just to see if I could find when I started to see fountain pens on the website. So I think I think I, I saw something as starting. I saw, I saw Lamy two thousands in like two thousand and five. Like so, I'm just um, like kind of Waterman Parker would have been yeah, way Waterman, that. Yeah. yeah, Waterman Parker were still there, so you'd see like we'd see some like Parker dual folds. They even had the old. Not the vintage fifty one, but like their modern fifty one that they yeah. had. We had those. I remember. I remember seeing the very last of them when I started working, and you know that that they were like the modern interpretation of the fifty one. And you know now, of course, we have the fifty one that was introduced. Was it like last year, Roy? It was like last yeah, year with the fifty one. But these fifty ones that they produced, I think it was like in the the two thousands. That was actually like really nice, like high end like design it still wasn't like the 51 of yesteryear but it was actually like a, a nice like metal bodied lacquered like they would have like really nice decorative caps it was good. you on would there. like that pen that was yeah. it was like a true that parker was a 51 solid. you know it was yeah. solid and heavy the recent parker 51 i wasn't a big fan of i know right I so know. it was everybody I took knows. a nice very disappointing steaming shit on that one look at this thing that this is so this page is from was that may 2001 Yes, or oh, 2005. 2005. It says 2001 up here. Is that right? Oh, oh no, that's that's the range. That's oh, so the range, like right yes. now, you see like it says May 31st. Oh, okay, okay. So there. I'm looking at 2005. Here. Right. Gold spot pens. So if you go to sold gonna... something called the Schaefer MPI, this is the ugliest thing I've that's ever seen. That's a marker seen. and a ballpoint pen. And yeah, you know what? Somebody was actually looking for a refill because the pen itself looks like a Schaefer Prelude, right. but it's got that funky thing there where it has a tip that comes out mm. but there's like a like a an emptiness a void around that tip and yeah. then you twist it and then the highlighter comes out i think i have one. Oh, you might have one just actually somebody one. was looking for a refill for that yeah you should tell them listen um that was back in 2005 we'll send you a beep 
<laughs> when we get those <laughs> we'll, we'll paint in. you we'll paint you when it's ready <laughs> right <laughs> but that that was that was the thing like back right. then to get but especially for nurses and doctors they need to highlight and write oh so people actually so, oh yeah that. they bought it because it was it. but then Schaefer discontinued it it was because... a hollow highlighter with with a ballpoint nib that would come out of the highlighter and then you could write and then you turn it and then the, the ballpoint would go in and you could highlight again yeah Wow. And then at 2006, we see the, right, the okay, so the story about the Waterman Phileas, you see that set that's there, at, at, we're looking at 2006 on the Goldspot website. There's a Waterman Phileas, it's got a ball, it's got the, um, the fountain pen, the bottle of ink, a set of cartridges, and a converter. And one of our, one, one of our uh, co-workers... Where, where are you looking? I don't the, 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 the set. Oh, okay, so, I see. So one, of our, so one of our co-workers accidentally ordered, like... What Sveta ordered was it like five thousand of them Jesus. instead of like fifty of them or something? It was like <laughs> it was like a it was like a mistake where you added like one too many zeros and a tractor trailer pulled up and we're not and at this point we're not used to, like we're used to it now with seeing tractor trailers pull up with supplies and like pallets of shipments and stuff like that. But at that point, like everybody nearly had a heart attack because it was like, wait, how many of these pens are on here? But these sets, believe it or not, we I actually wish at that point we would have taken them on because that that Phileas pen became such a collector's item, like after after they discontinued it and everything. And that that set that originally was selling for like fifty bucks, if you had it brand new, you could sell it for two hundred. Wow. Because so wait a minute, what did you do with the five thousand pieces well, that came? They actually just said refused it and just said we apologize. We said we made a mistake. Like we didn't mean to because at the time we were just like that's just way too many. It's like five million dollars worth. Of it was it's like affiliates. it was way 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 too many of like anything that we actually ever had because at that point I think too, um, and I wasn't here yet. But that at that point we just had the one side of the office and the pen room and the and the and the middle room where Josh <laughs> is where this, we space, yeah. we right. didn't have we didn't have the whole other side because that was actually being occupied by a real estate company. Mm -hmm. And at at 2008 is when they ended up leaving after the the whole housing market bust and mm -hmm. the and the financial meltdown and stuff like that. So they ended up leaving and then we took over that whole that whole spot. So like we didn't have the space for like as many of those. But I wish we did though cuz like that would have been a good like longer term yeah. investment. Wow. This is fun looking at this, man. It is. I think it's appropriate for like what we're talking I, about. I think so. we should, you should just come up with a, a, a another podcast, uh, just you like know, going. like old bedtime stories. Just pull up, go to archive.org, pull up a page and then we'll <laughs> and talk about the page. Wow. I mean, I didn't expect it to go in this direction, but listen, I did ask for background information on <laughs> hey. the gold spot. So this is what better than actually What better than that? Through. Yeah. So now it's we're looking. certified background information. Too bad we're not doing this on video, yeah. but we're looking at. August of 2007, and Tatia is now on the menu. Yeah. And I remember actually making those graphics for the homepage. Oh, so you started working for them now? In 2007. Yeah. When yeah. did you start working for Goldspot, Tom? It was January of 2007. January of 2007, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. because, because it was the day that um, uh, Sal and Karen's second child, uh, Dylan, was born. Oh, I see. Weren't you fat at that time? Wow! Thanks. No, you sent me a picture of like three hundred pound you versus like hundred. That that was that that was the time when I was plumper. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. yeah, I'm gonna go cry and eat donuts now. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying because like the time goes by and things have changed so much. And so, we don't have a picture of Roy to be able to say anything. I do. I'll show you one. You want me to see? Two thousand seven. Are you wearing clothes in that one? Yeah, no, I'm actually not. I'd... Okay, most of them I don't. Was that the one where you had long hair? 
Is that is that what you have long hair? Oh, that was let's see, two thousand. And you no. had and you tried to grow some facial hair. No, I can show you a picture of me in two thousand. <laughs> Apparently, didn't work. I was a professional martial artist at the time. Yeah, so my I was I was skinny though. This this episode should be called like the Wayback Machine episode. Yeah, no, yeah, that, yeah, that's how you're gonna title yeah. this whole thing, the Wayback Machine. You know, we're just going way back. We're just yeah. reminiscing yeah. over yeah. everything. That's that's pretty cool. So. So yeah, we're looking at 2007, and then fountain pen started picking up. At one, but was there ever a point in time where you're like, "There's no money in this," like, or once it started picking up, you realized that it was. Uh, no, there. I mean, we always thankfully did okay with it, just because of the way we started the business. We mm-hmm. we you know when I say we fell backwards into it, it mm-hmm. wasn't like you know everybody has a store and then like I got to find some other way of selling an item and then they launch a website. Um we launched a website and then at numerous times thought of opening a store. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're always talked out of it by different people including brands and vendors themselves. Why? Well, that's well, a whole other story to get into. Why didn't you want to open up like an actual store where people can walk in and out and stuff? Um well, first of all, where? Malls are not really suitable mm-hmm. uh, to survive. You can open a mall and basically buy yourself a job, um, and that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you, unless you, you know, have a location where you'd want to be, where there's traffic and mm-hmm. you, you're kind of standalone, I don't think that that, that, that it's a, um, a very um, suitable thing for an item like a pen. Mm-hmm. And we were talked out of it mainly by the people we were buying pens from, you know. The ones that we were dealing with, there's some brands that wouldn't deal with us because we didn't have a store, you know, aka Mont Blanc. Right. Um, and then even people. Pencil. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> people that Bless did you. have stores, uh, we heard horror stories from them. Oh, they you know they walk in and they want the front window and mm. they tell you to buy a hundred thousand dollars worth of merchandise and da da da. So we didn't want any piece of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time we even started looking for a location, people like Ken Rowe would come up to us and be like, why do you want a store? You know, just do what you're doing. You're doing a good job. Yeah. You know, don't worry about it. You know, it's Which unfortunate, was unfortunate that brands like Mont Blanc, because Mont Blanc would be a great product for... It would. I feel like they're completely together. disconnected with the pen people. Oh, yeah. 100%. You know, oddly well, enough, I follow one person on Instagram. A, so I went on a tear about that shit, man. It was like, we're looking at the Mont Blanc Instagram page, and they have like it's a million followers but they're following such a waste. another month long because age. everyone that we talk to and like and tom can watch for this and every said what do you guys do oh we work for a pen company oh we're like pen oh i need pens i have a real estate business i need no 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 not those kinds of pens the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, the good stuff. Like Mont Blanc. Right. Don't you want to Yes, but not Mont Blanc. Everything else out of that. Right. <laughs> Which is a shame. So, like, they have so much recognition. You would think that actually are somebody in the pen enthusiast world, and mm-hmm. they're not. They're basically a, a glorified gift item. Yeah. The only time you buy Mont Blanc is if it's a gift item. And I think people barely do buy it for themselves unless they know fountain pens. But Or unless they're doctors or vet Yeah, but just for namesake, right? Yeah, so. I say veterinarians because the other day I had to take, I told you about this, mm-hmm. uh, Tom. With I, Stewie? Yeah, I had to take Stewie to a vet and and I was looking for vets that would, that were had appointments. Everybody's booked. So I went to this vet I'd never been to before and you had this young guy, this young Asian veterinarian. He had to have been at least, at least maybe... 19 years old that's how young he looked and the only thing that appealed to me about this whole place was the fact that he had a Mont Blanc pen in his pocket <laughs> but you know I saw him treating like other animals and talking to them and stuff like that and he was like all excited and hyper about 
his job. Great. Good for you. I'm glad. I'm just, I, I can't wait for him to see my Stewie. Mm-hmm. He comes in and sees me and he's like examining my Stewie and he's like, oh yeah, man, there's, there's a, there's like a big mound of shit backed up in that. That, that would fuck me up too. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, I don't even know this guy. Why is he talking? I'm like, and then I was looking at his pen and then he's like, yeah, we can't administer an enema here because we have nowhere to put him where he can pass the poop. And he's like, but man, that shit's fucked. And I was like, this is a veterinarian. This is a doctor. No, but see, though, that's a double standard, though, because, like, that's the way that you talk. So it's like, why do you not expect a veterinarian to be, like, on the level with you, too? He's like, you're like, look, I because... listen to podcasts. That shit is fucked. Listen, <laughs> if he said to me, I listen to your podcast, that's a different story. But Maybe he saw your YouTube videos, and that's why he just t- changed his never personality. never profanity on my YouTube videos. And he has no, he doesn't know me from a hole in the wall. And at first, I was going to be like, oh, you like Mont Blanc? And I was going to, like, have a conversation with him about that, but... His like whole unprofessional yeah. demeanor put me off so much. I didn't even bother talking about it. But usually that would break the ice for me. I would yeah, talk man. if they. I see somebody with a Mont Blanc. That's that's shows classy. Yeah, yeah, I'd be like, listen, you got a you got a pen. You got a you have good. You're taste all right in, in my book. Yeah, you're, you know we can we can be friends until until he tells me he can't help my cat because he doesn't have it. But you can... see my point. Like Mont Blanc has this big platform, and I'm not trying to put them down. They're awesome. Except like there, it's like a reserved platform for you know a certain populace. Yeah, it's, like it's, why it's, don't we open it up and let's get? I mean, I saw I saw them at the Penn show in DC this year for the first time ever. Well, that was also and a it was a local. Boutique. It was yeah, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't like them. Mont Blanc didn't like come, the, the local boutique came, yeah, but right. they need to get their feet into the the marsh and you know right talk to the local pen people because that one pen guy is going to blab about it to a hundred other people. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they didn't want to be in local pen shops like us, but look what happened during COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, how many people are going to go to montblanc.com and buy it? Everybody goes to Find Friend Network. I would get, go to Reddit. They go here right. and there. There's nobody buzzing about it because nobody's selling it except Mont Blanc right now. Mm-hmm. And a handful of stores here and there. Yeah. I mean, you know, they do what they do. They do it decently and they do it well they're yeah, a they good do. brand they're the only pen brand that probably sticks up above others but they should probably you know deepen their roots a little bit more that's what i say i say i think that it would be great if it was more than just i don't want to say a novelty item but if it was more geared yeah. to, it was geared more towards than you know everybody who's a fountain pen enthusiast exactly like, like they have that calligraphy nib mm-hmm. have you written with the calligraphy nib no not not the mob so like nib. yeah that's what i'm saying like you are mr fountain pen like you should you can get your hands people. on it so how are you gonna write it that's what i'm saying well, a, yeah i could get my hands on yeah. it if i decide to go in like i could go in undercover at a mont blanc booth. not that they would know who it is that i am i'd be like oh that's tom from gold spot i've seen videos with him before and <laughs> yeah he's no, here to scope wouldn't. out the competition it's like no i'm not giving him any pens like they, they no wouldn't, they wouldn't even give a shit you know i've been to mont blanc stores where i asked them what does the 149 stand for and they don't know Right? What does the 149 stand for? Well, the 1 stands for Meisterstück, the 4 stands for the filling mechanism, and the 9 stands for the number of the nib. Same Uh thing for the 146. Uh, See, this is all stuff that I don't know because I'm not a, you know, I'm not a uh, a representative. If Tom doesn't know, then, you know, there's no hope for the rest of us. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because we always (laughs) run to Tom for the end. You know what the thing is? The people at Mont Blanc didn't even know that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they're not, the people that work at Mont Blanc, they're not enthusiasts for fountain pens. They're not pen enthusiasts. They just work there and they sell the product as like like mall employees that if they if you gave them fish tanks to sell they'd be selling fish tanks 
I feel like people in the fish stores are passionate about what it is that they do. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I really do feel like that they are passionate and they know stuff. A lot of them are like like fish town versions of Tom in the fish store. <laughs> I've been so I've been getting into the fish hobby. I have a fish tank at work and stuff like that and Did you seriously bring a fish tank? I, I really did. I don't doubt that he did. Yeah. Well, and he's going to try to pawn it off on us and like we're going to end up having a whole entire school of fish. I'll set up a tank for you guys right now. And here. then he's going to be like, Tom, you need to like live stream your fish tank right now to see. <laughs> I want to see how those Corydoras are doing. I want to yeah. see them. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I wish Mont Blanc, I wish you could carry Mont Blanc and not have a boutique set up the way they want and stuff like that. And I don't think it would dilute the brand either. No, absolutely I, not. Yeah, yeah. I think Well, we I mean, it depends on like the, the thing that they're trying to avoid. And I understand where they would be coming from in this manner is that they want to avoid dealing with like internet companies that will just strictly just sell them on like just oh I got a Mont Blanc here it is it's on sale for this price or whatever yeah. like they want they want people the Mont Blanc customer to be part of an experience mm -hmm. and to see the brand as an experience unfolding before them in in real time in a space right. so like when you're at a store and it's got a Mont Blanc boutique you're enamored by the design of the boutique and like the lighting and the way that the pen is presented and it all is very like rich and luxurious and exactly. presents it in a certain way so they're able to control it from end to end if they have an actual display set up mm. whereas like with anything else like like as you would be looking at a web website homepage, you would have your pen is then put next to another pen is another pen another pen just images of all sorts of other pens so they want to control that whole you know, that whole ephemeral experience. Sure, I can totally understand that. Which actually brings me to what you asked earlier about the, the website. So when we started this as an e-commerce company, mm -hmm. uh, we were liked by some of the brands because we were selling just as much as some of the stores are, but we weren't liked by, you know, obviously the competition because mm -hmm. we were doing something that they didn't know how to do or were discouraged from. Right, they weren't um, doing that as their... They weren't doing yeah. it. And people didn't look at e-commerce companies with the, you know, a, a favorable eye. You know, it was like everybody... There was a few fly-by-night, you know, sellers. There was no Amazon at that time. It mm -hmm. was very small. They only used to sell books. Um, there was eBay, which is quote-unquote used items or auction items mm -hmm. at that time, even though now you can get new stuff on eBay and a lot of people don't realize that. Um, but we were looked at, oh, you're an online seller. Ah, phew, I don't do online, you know. Mm. So I used to think that way too. I think yeah. that's a way to get your credit card information stolen. Exactly. And stuff like so that. it was, uh, it was uh, an uphill battle, but mm. thankfully we always did okay because there's just, you know, now we don't cater to New York city. We don't cater just to DC. We don't cater just to Chicago. We cater to the whole world. Yeah. Uh, we started shipping international, like back when people didn't even know what international shipping was. Like, mm -hmm. We'd we would pack our boxes, and at the end of the day, I would go to the post office, end of every day, mm -hmm. give them our domestic packages, and then we would stand in line for an hour getting international labels done by hand because mm -hmm. there was no online printing oh, of labels. I remember that. Yeah. We would like, go. Because they would be filled out by hand in the form. They would all be oh, hand filled. Man. We would go to USPS, and she knew that we come because the post office closed at 6 o'clock. We'd show up at between 4 30 and 5 o'clock, depending on how many international packages we had. And we'd mm -hmm. stand there in line, handwriting every label Jeez. and shipping it internationally. And it was like, you know, if you had five or six internationals in a day, it was a good day. 
Hmm. Everybody in the post office knew us for that because we would be the only ones standing in line every single day shipping five international packages. Wow. Now it takes five seconds to do that. So. That's pretty cool. And they have to come and pick up like many, many bags of mail that include several, you know, several yeah. dozen packages in each bag of. <laughs> so were you always in this building? Uh, we were in this building since 1997. Prior oh, okay. to this, so, we yeah. were we were in another town. That's why you have all that Skyweb stuff. Like, yeah. Is, is that the notebook that you have all those pee break reads? There is, but like, uh, but like, there is the page with the pee. Is, is the pee break read okay. in here? You're, you're, you're gonna, gonna need. You're, you're gonna, gonna need to, rock, to go to the pee break. You're gonna have to rock one out because I gotta. I gotta. I forget which one I haven't done yet, though. It's good to me. No, you're not, I'm not moving. You're just going to have to use I'm the bedpan. Is there any background music for people? No, no, no. He reads, he creates these creative reads for those people. <laughs> All right. So Roy is stumbling on his way out to go to the bathroom, and I'm trying to find... Okay, yeah, so I have I have the Pentertainment Podcast Pee Break ad reads. So the, this Pentertainment Pee Break is brought to you by... And I forget, you know, I should have checked off the other ones that I did already... Um, I think I did the McDonald's one. I did GameStop. You know, I don't really have any. Oh, oh you know what? I'll advertise. Um, I'll advertise the uh, the cat wedding photographers. It's because he's because Roy loves cats. Oh, sure. So there's so there's a cat there's cat wedding for I don't know I didn't even come up with a name we, for the, we should find their website for the company thing. but like there's there's there, there could be a service hypothetically. That like I think there there should be anyway though. I bet you there is one. Let's see. There there probably is. Um, but like there's there's cat. So the, the cat wedding photographer would essentially be able to marry your cats, um, but not marry it, but just document them. So you'd have to get like some sort of efficient as well um, to to officially marry the cats off. And um, uh, you know the one thing I would be curious about though is that whether the cat wedding photographers would do like same-sex cat marriages as well um you know but uh but i think you know being that they're cat photographers that they would be progressive in that sort of way are you really that quick what's that oh he's he's coming back and i'm like yeah, that right. was that was really well we, no i well, i just was talking about cat wedding photographers oh yeah yeah i, I was googling them and uh, apparently that's a Pretty good market, actually. For so, for any photographer listening out there, if if, if they want, uh, there's no cat wedding. Photographer. I was saying that if you if you want to hire a cat wedding photographer, you would still have to probably find an efficient, mm -hmm. and then you would also have to navigate the waters of like, well, you know, is is the are these people like are they willing to marry, let's say, the same sex cats as well as like different sex cats? What do you think about that? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> okay, <laughs> what do you? What are you talking about? All right, so that was the that was your entertainment pee break ad read. I really <laughs> oh, should write. I should have like more of them stockpile because like I that just wrote like one, I just wrote. I mean, it wasn't even advertising anything fictional. I just was like rat riffing on. I can't cat wait to actually edit this episode and listen. Yeah, just to it. Just hack that whole entire part out. No, we're leaving <laughs> that shit in. I don't even know what it is. It's staying in. That, we we keep things authentic here on the Penboy Boy Entertainment Podcast. Seriously, that was like the quickest pee break ever. Where you just like drop like a little droplet and leave. That yes, sort of thing? yes. Is, he, that, is that you have like I, a? I rushed. You have an infant-sized bladder. No, it was a strong pelvic area. You just press it out really, really <laughs> fast. 
Do you know what I mean? Just, it's a, <laughs> Turbo. I'm going yeah, to blast it a hole through the urinal. I'm, 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 I'm really thinking that I'm going to go into the bathroom and it's going to be like this like hole in the wall. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even make it to the urinal. I just That bathroom is so fucking clean, though. That's okay. It's really clean. You guys keep it really clean. I like that. It's all right, you know. But so, you know, that's interesting. The the I'm looking at now 2007 and you have the gold spot luxury gifts logo as it that is, is today. That is the yeah, that is the more yes. updated version of the logo. And that's because we started carrying Filofax and uh, pen cases mm-hmm. and a bunch of other pen yeah, related stuff. It'll so. it'll say like all the various brands that were is that that's like just an expanded version like there was you know, your shop by type and stuff that's up at the top of the site, but then you would see like the list of brands on the side. Mm-hmm. And I remember having many discussions about the site. And one of the things that we always talked about when it came to the redesign was like, was like we, we were very much like strong proponent proponents of like leaving that whole list of brands mm-hmm. on the left side. I mean, now everything is like all like tiered and it's like all hidden so you don't actually see like when you go on the navigation of the current website or any website in general you're not hit with like a massive list mm-hmm. of like well here's all the brands that we carry because like it's just way too much for people to even comprehend or or if they don't if they if they just kind of like look at it like oh that's a that's a link list it just is like part of the it's part of the scenery like it just becomes like oh well i'm not even paying attention to that anymore hmm. but like but like this was like something that was on the website for yeah there's for something such a to be said time. about just you know simple like there was only about what 30 or 40 brands at by 2007 right so it's it's still doable um they're a handful and we used to we used to keep uh adding or dropping brands we kept it around 30 or 40 mm-hmm. uh, but it you know as soon as you land on the page you can see okay i want to Aurora, I want to cross. Mm-hmm. So all the brands were right there, and we and we always one thing we always did was we always carried every color, every series they they made, mm-hmm. and um, every mode too. So we'd be like ballpoint. So it was like ball. a it was like a real catalog. A lot a lot of brands used to tell us we come to your site just to see our own lineup because you define it so well. You oh, have wow. everything by color by item number. Um, at, you know, at some point, you know, it, we didn't pay to have. The, the colors that didn't sell so we dropped them but in the beginning we used to have every color every point size hmm. of every series kind of seems to jump to like 2007 and then went to like 2010 so i'm really curious to see like what's yeah it's all about the snapshot so our, our, it looks the same or oh no, it no just now we're now yet. we're switching now, over to switch. now it's centered and there's more brands look at the number of brands that went up now you have namiki mm-hmm. with their fucking weird like Shit. the uh, the the Arushi lacquer and the Arushi lacquer and, and the Makiei that pen's still Tanuki. around. That was Tanuki, right? Oh my god, I got to show you something. Okay, so so I got to like this is a kind of like the feedback and um, like viewer, I guess, discussion that we have that that we sometimes will read like emails and stuff. And I just reminded me of somebody that sent me a, a DM, uh, Jamie. So uh, he went to. Uh, Jamie went to the the Chicago Pen Show mm-hmm. and uh, was actually listening listening to two to three episodes a day for oh, the last yes, few weeks. Like, yeah, I got that message. You got it. Yeah. yeah. So so like mentioned about the the Tanuki pen and saying that I normally would have just seen this pen, but like but like the fact that he saw it and heard us talking about it on the podcast, it like did something different. Like mm. it just it just hit differently. Um, I could just read his thing. Go for it. Uh, let's see. 
So the pen was not even on my mind, and then there it was. I would have had no idea what I was looking at if it weren't for the two of you. <laughs> it would have just been another pen that crossed my path, but now it has significance. Ridiculous significance, but significance nonetheless. So it's just it's just fun to see that, like, I, I also was reading, uh, somebody else was, like, listening to the podcast on the Chicago, uh, on the way to Chicago, and was, like, and was, like, looking for, actually, the, the Monopoly pen, wanted mm -hmm. to see it in person, hold right. it, and then said, well, Goldspot's not carrying it, so fire Tom. Like, it was like <laughs> no, but I, I said, I said, I was like, That's well, awesome. Dina was reading me this. And I was like, well, we could always just, you know, we could, we don't have to necessarily like list it and have it as part of the collection on the website to order, but we could special order it. Mm -hmm. Like, so if somebody wants to buy it from us, sure, we could do that. But like to, to you know, spend the real estate on the website and the, 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 you know, space in the stock room to like stock the whole entire collection and hope that other people will buy it. It's a different story. Right. You so. guys have plenty of room to stock more stuff. Really? Yeah. Like yeah. As, you, as you're looking in this office right now and you see like we have walls of ink and other various like we've got over in that corner. You see those boxes over there? What's that? Those are. I'm looking at a stack of boxes. Oh, in yeah. The what are what are those, boxes. Sal? You really want to know what those are? You don't <laughs> yeah. know what those are? Uh oh. Those are, well, not seven anymore, but those are five gods. What? Th those are the Namiki Yukari, and when there's five out of the seven gods, like just kind of hanging out in the, oh my God. In the corner of the room. So we have like 30 grand worth of pens just sitting behind my desk. <laughs> Jeez. Sal, you can't really say that phrase like lowly because they're just going to pick up on, you just, everybody just heard that. So right. it's like you're saying that low is just like, as if no one else is going to hear you. And right. it's like, yeah, everybody just heard you. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Everybody listening, all thousands and thousands of people. <laughs> but I think the other day, Bryce from Luxury Brands, he he gifted me the. I can't. I, it's got such a long fucking name. It's the 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 Wolpen Extra Vienna Doodad. Yeah, Diamond Lady. Yeah. So I created short form video for it because nowadays that seems to be the craze, and it's just so quick and easy to do it. You make a sixty second video, it goes mm -hmm. on TikTok, it goes on IG Stories, it goes on Shorts for YouTube. And I uploaded that shit to all three platforms and somehow the YouTube got right now is at over 40,000 views. Nice. Yeah. Everything else is like in the hundreds, but it's like, holy shit, did that piss people off. The, the luxury and yeah, extravagance of it. Like, people are like, what kind of asshole would buy that? And I'm looking at these comments and I'm laughing because none of them are fountain pen enthusiasts. None mm -hmm. of them, you know, they're like... Why would you spend that much money when you can get a pack of pens for a, a dollar? Yeah. 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 It just so. happened to like come across the mainstream of like people, of like the algorithm. So it was like it started to serve itself to yeah. just random people as opposed to just like the pen community of which, of course, understand right. such things as like, oh, well, there's there's normal pens and then there's very expensive pens that were made with sterling silver and diamonds and encrusted and yeah. everything well you know you what, though, it jacked up my subscribers on youtube though okay. it, it's something to there's something in every in every arena within the same field you know people go out to have a piece of steak that's three hundred dollars the wagyu great you know it, yeah. it tastes awesome but there's another guy that might look at that and say i can get a hamburger at mcdonald's why would i, why would I ever want the or let's say not a hamburger but compared right. to another piece Applebee's. of steak or right. something right so right. Uh, or watch people watch people are a totally different animal compared to pen people how, they, how why, why do you say that i feel like they're similar 
Well, they are similar, yes, but um, they wouldn't flinch. And I think I kind of know the answer to that now, more so that I'm I don't I'm not a watch guy. I don't you know I wear my Apple Watch. I'm more than happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, they will drop twenty grand on a watch, and I'm not talking about people that make you know a ton of shitload of money. They're, mm-hmm. they're you know they're comfortable, mm-hmm. um, comfortable enough that I'd pitch them a, you know, a two or $300 pen and they'll happily buy it and that'd be their limit, mm-hmm. but they'll drop 20 grand on a pen mm-hmm. and not even fl- on a, on a watch. I mean, and, and not even flinch. Right. Uh, and that's not, that's not the only one they have. They have four or five, six of them in their closet. Uh, and I think now I know the reason for that is just because the watch industry controls their supply so tightly that almost everything goes up in value. Uh, where with, with a pen, you're, it may or may not. People like to think everything goes up in value. There are certain ones that do and certain ones that don't. Uh, but with watches, uh, we have a good friend. You met him earlier, Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a jeweler and he also sells a ton, ton of watches. Mm-hmm. Um, he told me, he's like, you know, pretty much everything you touch from Rolex is going to be double the value in about 10 years. Yeah. Not just like, for example, what's the, the, the standard what's the standard rolex Some losing my mind the blue the, the blue one the blue uh, no no just the the one with the dial and the <laughs> i'm the, extending the, my arms to so one of the things, excuse me the submariner, uh, submariner, the submariner. Yes. You, you can't buy those new new they're no. like eight nine grand he told you me buy them used for a few thousand dollars more so when you know when pens come out we have a name for them because the brand the manufacturer sets a name and a color right so we talk about them like oh tom's when's this coming no when's that coming with watches, Rolex doesn't name them. Mm-hmm. There's industry names, which are just numbers usually, like 153C or whatever, right? The community names their pens, and that name sticks. So they call like it like... watches. In the, in the watches. Right, so right. they'll call it like a, a Rolex Blueface or a Rolex uh, Aviator Blue. That watch is not called Aviator Blue in the documentation anywhere in the world, except mm-hmm. the people call it that because that's the coined term. And that's how it gets known out there. So, so you wait a minute. So Rolex it. right now, if you go to the Rolex website, they sell the Submariner and it's called the Submariner. The, yeah, there are series names, but there is specific names for specific colors. You're talking or specific like the, colors. the green Submariner. Like the green one the might be called the Hulk. Yeah, it's they did the not Hulk, call it yeah. the Hulk. And that's that's a street name I and see. that's how it's going to be known on eBay. That's how it's going to be known everywhere. Okay, I see. So you're saying like the line is given a name by Rolex, but the nickname that Rolex is given is usually by the community. Yeah. Right, so like okay. the... That's a good point because I have a Tudor, which is owned by Rolex, and they make the movements for Tudor. They have something called the GMT2, and the community named it the Diet Pepsi. Exactly. Mm. That picture you just yep. scroll down right there where it says Watch Finder, that's the GMT by Rolex. Mm. They call that the Pepsi. Mm. Yeah. And that's a coined name, and that's going to stick like that forever. Right. Um, everybody knows that you refer- when you say the Pepsi and the Diet Pepsi, everybody knows what you're referring yeah. to. That's but going back to my original argument about uh, you know people shelling out big money for pens, it's nothing compared to what people shell out for watches. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I'm just talking these regular people, you know. Yeah. I meant more than one person that you know. Oh, what do you do? We sell pens, and he doesn't get it. Why? Why would I ever want to buy a pen that's two hundred dollars or three hundred? Yeah, it's like well. Meanwhile, watches. I know he's got twenty watches. Right. It's funny because I'm looking <laughs> at this Esterbrook SD, and this Esterbrook SD is a hundred and sixty mm-hmm. or fifty or sixty. Well, with, with the discount, yeah. Right. So whatever, it's like a, over a hundred dollars, and for me, that's like my standard line of fountain pen price. So like, if it's yeah. a hundred to a hundred and 100 to 200 bucks, it's kind of like yeah. that's my everyday writer, right? Mm-hmm. Someone who's not into fountain pens, a $30 pen is 
that's like, how yeah. dare you? Yeah, like, it's oh my well, goodness. And then let alone, I post a picture of a $2,500 pen with diamonds in it. <laughs> people lost their mind. I have 40 comments. They're all like, yeah. oh my God, there's people starving and stuff. And it's like, holy shit. <laughs> they, I, yeah, I get a kick out of all of them because I know they're not fountain pen people and stuff like that. But it was just a little bit, little bit funny for me. It's like people can't comprehend the concept of a pen that has value. Well, I think also when they're not in the industry. It's that it's that they don't expect that pens still exist. I think to a degree. Yeah. Like they they're just like wait a second this there's a pen and people still write with pens and then they want to charge how much for that pen? Right. Yeah. I think that's more so in the uh, in the in the U.S. I think once you go to Europe. Um, fountain pens are still a part of the, the normal mm. staple. They know what it is. They know why you paid what you paid for it, and, and mm -hmm. they're in total agreement with it. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they're, nobody questions why you bought a pen for $400 or $300. Right. Also, at the same time, like, we have now everybody, pretty much, I mean, like, I know present company included, but, like, there's, there, like, ev like, almost everybody that I know, and instead of having a really nice pen, walks around with a, a phone, that's worth between five hundred and a thousand dollars. Yeah, like I have the iPhone twelve Pro Max. This thing is, uh, I think it was eleven hundred. Yeah, and it's like nobody care. Nobody cares about it. Like, listen, if you get a pen wet, it'll still work. If you <laughs> well, you're supposed to get a pen wet right. when you clean it. Right. <laughs> but it's like when you get your phone wet, it may break it. It's and also it's obsolete in two years. Nobody ever stops to think about that. Yep. Yeah. But, but also too is that they break down the the payments to like. If you break down the payments to 20, 30 bucks a month, that $1,000 doesn't feel like $1,000. But if you yeah. go buy a fountain pen at $1,000, you're just like, oh, you know. You know how much credit debt you would cause in the fountain pen community if you created your own credit system for buying fountain pens? Everybody would own Homo sapiens and everybody would go into debt, mm. right? Everybody Absolutely. would, seriously, 100%. You tell me right now, listen, you can buy this, you know, Homo sapien, whatever. Five dollars down. Five dollars <laughs> down. Twenty bucks a month for however fucking months. I guarantee you, someone who can't afford it will get it. Yeah. Well, we, that's we, the that's the thing that they've been popping up on other websites like um, Affirm. Affirm and mm. was it? There's there's a bunch of other ones that that are later. Yeah, oh, like they yeah. like like uh, in in an alternative to using let's just say a credit card open yeah. up a credit card line. Like they have these other these other companies that will kind of give you like a line of credit right off the bat mm. pay the merchant but then would take the you know a, a commission off of the charge and everything mm. and uh you know i just look at it i'm like i'm like but isn't that what people have credit cards for i know this thing doesn't check your credit score or whatever but it just seems awfully risky for that company to assume the risk of just getting joe schmo you know putting their their information being like yeah i would like to buy four thousand dollars worth of pens online mm -hmm. and then pay like in five monthly installments it's like well how do you know you're going to get past that first monthly installment like mm -hmm. how do you know that they're going to be good for the rest of it yeah, it just sure. it just seems it seems rather scary and it's risky and also too from the merchant's perspective it's much much higher in terms of the percentage that you're giving up of the sale than a typical credit card. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm like wondering where is the benefit of that, you know? And, and on top of that too, it's like you're saying, like people getting into debt over buying pens or watches, you know, for something that's doesn't considered a luxury mm -hmm. item doesn't make sense. It's, it's not something that is, I mean, granted some of it, like may appreciate in value over time, like we we're saying Rolex or even buying like 
a, a Leonardo limited edition may appreciate over time, but like I wouldn't necessarily guarantee it, especially if you're using it, because mm -hmm. then if you drop it, scratch it, break it, you know, you're That's out the that one money. big difference between a watch and a pen, right? It's uh, uh, the strict purpose of old holding a or wearing a nice watch is just to show that I have a nice watch and it's limited and it's sought after, right? Mm -hmm. This is still, even at, at $1,000 or $2,000, a pen is still a tool of creation. So right. it, it probably writes really well. Some some of them that are really well done write like nothing you've ever written with. People mm -hmm. tell us that all the time. The first person, you know, first time they ever write with a fountain pen, they're like, wow, I didn't know I could write that well. Right. And, and you notice that yourself. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, it's still a tool. It's not, you know, just there for show. Right. It's... What do you sell like dislike about the fountain pen industry and being in this business if you had to say something that you didn't that you didn't like about it besides the Esterberg Popeye pen what do you think <laughs> get sucks? me to be a bad guy trying me to be trying me to speak shit about people I no, didn't say I mean, people who what people are you talking about <laughs> well now that you bring it up it is no I'm kidding <laughs> no it's not, I mean it's it's a really close-knit industry and mm -hmm. it's a really close-knit community mm -hmm. so there's nothing really bad about it. the only thing I dislike about it is the fact that not Everybody doesn't carry their weight in terms of uh, awareness and brands, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the European brands do. Lamy does. Pelican does. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think you'll agree with me. We've had this conversation, at least Tom and I have had it. Uh, but a lot of the big brands, they don't speak up. They don't show up to shows. They don't advertise. They don't right. send out blasts. You know, they have a following bigger than anyone else did. And, and if you look at their brand, it's oh, established in 1825. Good. Mm. then speak up and like do something about it. Just putting that under your logo doesn't do enough, right? Right. Well, speaking of that, like a newer brand to Goldspot, which also happens to be the sponsor of the Penboleroy Pendleton Podcast, available on your favorite podcasting apps, is the Waldman line, which they started speaking up. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And they're, 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 from what I understand, you know, since I introduced them to Goldspot, they're doing pretty good, right? They, they've, they've done pretty well. And I mean, it's... It's a German brand that's been around for a long time, but it's something that I think in the public's consciousness really hasn't been as prominent as like the other German brands. Right. And well, I like think, like Sal said, they don't speak up. Yeah. And it's now like, they've it's, only recently. Yeah. When you, and they may have they may have done that in Germany mm -hmm. uh, because when Tom and I went to Germany, as you know, a couple of years ago, and there were so many other brands of pens there that are actually in the public psyche. Everybody knows it, and they use them. Um, they're, they advertise on TV or in the media and people, they're always in the back of people's minds. Mm -hmm. um, they may have done that there, but I think if they're going to target the U.S. market, they somehow need to be connected with them, mm -hmm. the, the people here. And I, I'm not asking for TV ads. Obviously, that's way too expensive and ineffective now, but, you know, just an Instagram channel out there, you mm -hmm. know, some kind of a YouTube channel with some made for TV ads on, on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, we started Googling back in the day when we went to Pelican. We started Googling Pelican TV ads. Mm -hmm. There's got to be like a hundred Pelican TV commercials that probably used to air in Germany because they're all in German. Mm -hmm. But it's just nice to see that a pen was a product mainstream enough that they actually have a TV commercial. Mm -hmm. It's just cool. Like every even now when we sometimes watch TV and we see a Papermate commercial, even though we don't sell paper, mate, it's a cheap pen. It makes you feel good. Okay, I'm in the industry where somebody cared to make a commercial. Just commercials or, for paper, there's, there's, yeah, there's right. one I saw for the Sharpie pen. Really? Yeah. 
the, the Sharpie pen. Also, the Friction pens, the Pilot Wait, Friction. Wait, one of them advertised on Super Bowl this year or last, this, yeah, last year or this year. I think it's that Super was Bowl. exciting. Super Bowl had a pen ad. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it was the Sharpie. I think I it's, I've, I've seen the Sharpie pen lately. Hmm, that's crazy. I didn't know that. I don't really watch, I don't really watch basketball, so I didn't see that commercial. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't really watch sports, so I didn't, I didn't see that, but that's cool. I mean, I like what happens on Instagram in terms of like advertising. I know Mont Blanc, they had Cillian Murphy on. I'm a big fan of Cillian Murphy. I was actually watching uh, Dunkirk the other night. Was he on that? Yeah. I can't was. remember him being on Dunkirk. Yeah, he was in He was in Dunkirk. That was a Tom Hardy, right? Yeah. That was a good movie. I remember it being a good movie. Yeah, definitely you know a lot I mean? better than a Brendan Fraser movie. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> um, you know, but, you know, I just, I, I did like Bedazzled. I know he can't get. I like this movie called Bedazzled, and we got to redo that whole it. list anyway. But listen, it's getting that time. We're at an hour and four minutes, so you know, for everybody listening, I just want everybody to know that Sal, like I said, is the owner, and it was really fun for me coming up here. It's always fun whenever I come up here. Yeah, but it's like kind of like man. you know what it feels like though sometimes. You know how you go into like a puppy store. And you see all the cute puppies and, and you, you want to take them all home, but you, you can't. You play with them for a little bit. And yeah. And you put them back and they kind of like look at you with those puppy dog eyes. <laughs> right. You want that's, to take them all home. That's what it's like whenever I step foot in this place right here. So you're saying you want to take Tom home? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's, I, I was thinking about you, but okay, Tom. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, all these toys are around me. I'm looking around. It's like La La Land. I'm getting like a a euphoria high because of all the pens mm-hmm. surrounding me yeah you haven't been it. around pens actually other than the dc show you haven't been here in a long time yeah when was the last time. time i was here i think it was back for that that two and a half pens parody thing no it was probably maybe... for the thing we did the pen meetup that we did at the brewery okay that was been after that too. yeah maybe yeah but that wasn't there. here though that no was, that wasn't that was, at the office yeah. that was that was, that was at, at the brewery yeah. i think the last time i was at the office was when we had to all suddenly borrow your parents' living room just to make that video. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Did he even? Did you even know that we were doing that, or did you find out that morning? I think I found out that morning. Well, we didn't even know we were doing that <laughs> until like that point. day. Yeah. I'm usually like Tom sees me around the office, and then I'm not here, and then I'm here. People yeah. don't. Sometimes I'm up on the roof. I'm also the jack of all trades, so. Right. One moment I might be on the roof fixing something. Another moment I might be downstairs. Uh-huh. Uh, but I like it that way. I, yeah. I, I don't. I can't sit on a desk and you know, read a, a document for three hours. So. Right. I'm the same way. I uh, have yeah. to move around. I have but... to move around. I have to. And and I like to take care of everything myself mm-hmm. as much as I can. Sometimes it backfires on me. Yeah. Uh, but you have to do that. Uh, yeah. So in closing, Sal, thanks for being on the show. Well, thanks. thank you for coming, Roy. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're, you're, kind of, we're, you're kind of hosting the podcast, but we're kind of hosting you. So I, I know. Just There's to... just a whole host of hosting yes. going so on right thank now. you. Thank you for coming and, and doing this you know, live recording of this episode. Yeah. And like in person. Also, wait, I can't talk about the... You the can't thing. talk about anything that's happening on Friday. Right, because it didn't happen yet. It didn't happen yet. Right. So. But you can tease that, hey, stay tuned for Friday because hey, Friday we're dropping. Stay tuned for Friday because yeah. Friday we're dropping something I can't talk about that we just recorded about that I know about. I want to talk about so that like this right here. Yeah. This right here that you can't talk yeah. about. Oh, that. Right here touching that and... I can't talk about either. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. So anyway, listen, everybody, thanks again for listening. Love you guys. Be well. Be safe. Stay engaged.